Shall we read a poem? Hello all and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ. I'm Lauren. You have brought us here on an unusual day. Yeah, I'm not going to be around on on Saturday, so... We generally Maybe. record this thing on Saturdays. I think we've said that before in reference to another unusual time, but uh, yes, it is now a Wednesday, and so that means we only have Wednesday things to talk about, which includes highlights like my first floor neighbor having a giant plush Doraemon in the window and uh, the fact that there's a guy with a big beard that feeds the crows. Wow, that's way more than I have to talk about. I think I'm not <laughs> sure what I'm going to talk about because we just recorded recently and I'm not sure I have a lot to say. But I'm going to Leavenworth this weekend and that's why we can't record this weekend. I see what's happening in Leavenworth. So it's my friend's 40th birthday and so she rented like some chateau and we're going to be there for a couple days and... Maybe we'll go snowshoeing, but I don't know if there's going to be any snow left. Leavenworth is this town that's done up in some German style, and everything has to look really German. It's definitely a tourist city. See, I have no experience with the place. I don't either. This will be a new thing for me. Huh. Leavenworth. Okay, I've just looked up photos of Leavenworth. Mm Mm-hmm. Does anyone actually live here, or is this just completely for tourists? People live there, but I think it's mainly for tourists. This looks like it would be... This looks like living in Disneyland. Wow. Have you never been to a town like this? I've been to towns that have kind of elements of this, but this whole town looks built around one theme. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like there's an old, like, town square. Yeah. And I don't mean like it, like they had a town square from way back. I mean, like, they built the town to look right. kitschy. Right, it is. That's wild. Well, now I kind of want to go just as like a curiosity effect. Well, I'll go there and report that report back. Maybe it's... Uh, Please there's, do. There's one place in California that I've been to that's kind of like it. I'm trying to remember mm. what the name of the town is. It's Slovang? Yes, it's Slovang. Slovang. Welcome to the city of Slovang, the Danish capital of America. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Leavenworth is the Slovang of the north. In Texas... There's a few places that have like a surprisingly big German influence, like New Braunfels and Grün and, well, and Fredericksburg to a degree. But they don't, and, and they have kind of like, the, there's some cutesy little shops, but they don't have the whole town built around a theme like that. So it seems cool. Or well, perhaps nerdy. Maybe we're just old people at this point. Slowbang isn't that exciting. It's mainly you go there to see it look kitschy. And then you're mm. like, yep, that looks kitschy. That's kind of mm. delightful. described in an earlier episode as the kind of place that has a store that only sells fudge. (laughs) I turn 40 next month, and I am not doing any of those things for my 40th birthday. I'm visiting you like 10 days before my Mm -hmm. birthday. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll do that as your birthday. Yes, we will. That'll be great. All (laughs) righty. Plans. I've just realized this will be my first birthday in two years. (laughs) Because you didn't have... You didn't turn... A different age last year? No, I year? wasn't. I, no, no, those don't count. <laughs> okay. I didn't have a party. I didn't have cake. I didn't have... Wait, I might... No, I did get cake. Okay. Well, if you had cake, you had a birthday. Okay, fair enough. What are we reading today? Um, spaghetti. Spaghetti, spaghetti all over the place. Up to my elbows, up to my face. 
over the carpet and under the chairs, into the hammock and wound round the stairs, filling the bathtub and covering the desk, making the sofa a mad mushy mess. The party is ruined. I'm terribly worried. The guests have all left, unless they're all buried. I told them, bring presents, I said. Throw confetti. I guess they heard wrong, because they all threw spaghetti. I'm going to do that to you on your birthday. (laughs) Throw spaghetti? Yeah, why not? Throw it to the wall, see if it sticks. The mind reels on this one. So I'm reminded of the scene from The Odd Couple where Walter Matthau throws a pot of spaghetti at the wall. I'm reminded of Patch Adams, uh, where that old woman, her dying wish is to bathe in a tub full of noodles. And for some reason, weddings come to mind, but we'll go into that later. So why have you chosen spaghetti? Well, first I need to describe the image, which is a person who is covered in noodles to the point that you can only see his hands grasping up into the air and even there's spaghetti wound around them and one foot sticking out of the spaghetti mound and why did i choose it because it's one of the poems left (laughs) (laughs) so that's oh we're not even coming up with coming up with reasons to do the poems anymore (laughs) i mean i don't have i have stuff to talk about but it's not there's no there's no reason for this particular (laughs) poem other than (laughs) then it's one of the ones that I left. But I do have stuff to talk about. Um, (laughs) By all means. (laughs) Did you ever read the book Stragonona? I did not. Tell me about it. So Stragonona was a book written by Tommy De Paola. And it was published in 1975 and won a Calvacott honor in 1976. And it was something that featured prominently in elementary schools at least that i went to the story is is supposed to be a old italian fairy tale but it's not really it's it's made up okay but it's about this woman this old old lady who lives in a village in italy and she has this helper named big anthony and so she has this big spaghetti pot And so whenever she wants to start the spaghetti, she tells the pot to, you know, start making spaghetti. I I don't know what, remember what she does to make it start boiling up the noodles. (laughs) Uh, But when she wants the pot to stop making spaghetti, she blows three kisses to it. And so it's very similar to the story of the magician's apprentice. Okay. So she's gone one day and Big Anthony comes by and he takes the pot and wants to impress all the villagers with how cool he is. So he starts it making spaghetti. Okay. It makes a lot of spaghetti. And oh dear, he only ever saw Stregonona turn the pot on. He has no idea how to turn it off. The whole town just gets covered in spaghetti and the townspeople are so mad they want to kill him. But Stregonona <laughs> comes home and she turns off the pot by blowing three kisses to it. And then she's like, no, 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 no. The punishment must fit the crime. And she makes him eat all of it, which, you know, would actually kill him. But it doesn't. <laughs> He's just very full. But, but not in fairy tale land. Yeah. It's, so it's similar to The Magician's Apprentice where... Yeah, I'm sure you've seen The Magician's Apprentice, the Disney the sor- thing. Sorcerer's Apprentice? 
Sorcerer's Apprentice, yes. I was, uh, for a moment, I was uncertain if you were referring to the uh, novel series or the. the no, Disney I meant thing. the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the Disney thing, where Mickey Mouse sees his sorcerer master dude making all sorts of things happen with his wand. So then he decides to not do any more chores because uh, really the sorcerer doesn't pay him any attention except just makes him mop the floor. And so Mickey gets the mop to do its own thing with the wand, but then he can't stop it. And it finds a way to multiply itself. And then everything's overrun with this mopping, mopping mop that will mop everything to death <laughs> until the sorcerer comes in and makes it stop. Indeed. Were you watching Fantasia recently? No. Okay. No, it's just when I talk about Stregonona, I also feel the need to talk about the Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> Understood. For whatever reason, uh, the image of weddings popped into my head. People and throwing rice? Yes, people throwing rice, which you're not supposed to do anymore, I'm told, because it's bad for birds. I don't think it actually well, it is. Is It's bad for humans. Um, okay. The woman who started the Girl Scouts, her name was Julia Gordon Lowe. Okay. And she went deaf in one ear because at her wedding, <laughs> people threw rice and it got in her ear. <laughs> that is a wonderful fact. Did you just have that one in reserve? Let me make sure it's true, but that's what we were told in Girl Scouts all the time was that she went deaf from there being rice in her ear. Seems legit to me. Or partially yeah. deaf, it says. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Checks out. Yeah. So don't throw rice. So don't throw rice. Well, what have they done? And, you know, spaghetti wouldn't be advisable either. But what have they done at recent weddings that you've attended? Bubbles. Bubbles. That was the last one that I went to was Bubbles. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever sing the song or hear the song On Top of Spaghetti when... Absolutely, I did. Yes, isn't it great? <laughs> On top of spaghetti, all covered with cheese. I lost, I lost my, my poor, poor meatball, meatball when, when somebody, somebody sneezed. And I think I remember it first from the Snuffleupagus singing it on Sesame Street. But I definitely had like a book of children's songs that also had it. Hmm. Perhaps by that point, it had just entered the cultural gestalt. We are not good at singing along over no. <laughs> Discord. My last spaghetti fact was, did you know it used to be a tourist attraction in Napoli, or Naples, <laughs> to go watch the locals eat spaghetti with their hands? Oh, Yes. In one particular section of town, spaghetti was served as a street food, and they would pick up handfuls of spaghetti and tip it back into their waiting heads like baby birds feeding themselves. And then it that became kind of the publicity for the area. It's like, oh, this is the way we do this here. How strange. And then people would come and watch that. Yeah, spaghetti is not a food that seems like it's particularly easy to eat with your hands. You would have to tip your head all the way back. Yeah, yeah. Things that are drapey, not so great for eating with your hands. <laughs> today, so I'm, I've started a new job recently, and today, uh, today they they like to ask odd questions of new people. And today it was, if you could be a type of pasta, what would you be? 
penne. Why penne? Okay. You can do a thing if the fork is the right size where you can mm-hmm. get two penne on the fork at once, acting as like a little scoop, and then you can scoop up things with your penne shovel. Hmm. All right. I used to get one particular dish at a local Italian place just because that gave me such tactile pleasure, making like a little penne fork out of my already metal fork. Well, what did you scoop up? Well, sometimes it would just be like cheesy sauce, but then sometimes I would have to use the fork a little bit either as a jabby point or as kind of a scoopy helper because there was sausage in this dish and then I could get that up on there as well. I said I didn't know really what my soul pasta would be. <laughs> You're Patronus. But... <laughs> Pastronus. <I> really... <laughs> Pastronus. But I did like fusilli because the spirals are able to like hold sauce really well. And so it's a good vehicle for sauce. And then I was thinking, as they were talking about it, somebody mentioned ravioli, and then I'm like, yeah, maybe if my pasta, if there was a sole pasta, it would be ravioli, because you're never entirely sure what you're going to get out of a ravioli. Sometimes (laughs) it's delicious, and sometimes it's really unpleasant. And then as I was thinking that, a woman in the organization said that would be her pasta, and for exactly that reason. But then I didn't feel so original anymore. But did you run and, be, uh, and become her like new bestest friend? No, it was through Zoom, and her, oh. everybody's faces are really blurry, and I'm still not entirely sure which like human object shape said that. That's a shame. Yeah. Well, I am going to do my beard. Okay. My beard grows to my toes. I never wears no clothes. I wraps my hair around my bear and down the road i goes picture (laughs) and the picture is a little guy who looks to be nude except he is clad in his own beard walking down the street it's such a delightful poem (laughs) (laughs) and it seems like something very much you would say i wrap my hair around my bear (laughs) down the road i goes yes i bet shell wanted to be that guy Oh, <laughs> the, the beardy fella? He did have that bald head and ferocious beard. And, and I get the feeling if he never had to wear clothes, he'd be into that. <laughs> God dang it, you are so right. Why didn't mm-hmm. I pick up on that before? It's just pure author insert. Yeah. It does bring up, like, feelings where it's like, ooh, what would that feel like to be covered in a mess of my own hair? And I don't know, cuts down on friction. Sometimes when you grow your hair really long and it covers your your breasts, you can call it mermaid hair because <laughs> I've that's heard sort of the this. artistic depiction of a mermaid is just their nipples are discreetly covered by their very long yes, hair. Yes, always. And in somebody who has had mermaid hair for most of her life, your hair gets stuck in a lot of places <laughs> you wouldn't expect. <laughs> like under your armpit, <laughs> mainly under your armpit. It gets stuck under my armpit a lot. Well, I have never had that experience. I did at one point own a Charles Darwin-style beard, one that was beautiful to the point that it got me stopped by strangers offering compliments. I'm rather hairless these days. Yeah, I did not know you during this time, did I? Uh, it was it was kind of during that time where er, the, the, the middle years, like think 2014 to 2016 in there. Oh, I blocked this out, I see. 
But the pride in beards is one of those kind of odd things, unless it's like really neatly kempt or something, because we will take pride in anything, but just being prideful that you can grow hair on your face. It does have to do with genetics, and some people <laughs> think it's it's makes you more masculine. But there are Sec- whole there are secondary whole, sex characteristics. I mean, there's whole groups of people who don't grow beards. They like this genet- population genetically just doesn't grow a beard, and so obviously it's it's an odd one to. The, to really you, think of in terms of masculinity if there are whole groups of masculine people who can't grow it. Have you followed the the, the market for like beard supplements? No, they I know don't. there's like waxes and stuff for making no, it look pretty. No, no, no. These are ones that purport to make your beard come in more thickly and more gorgeously. And of course, it's all snake oil. Huh, huh. In the same way you can get calf implants and... I mean, you can get stuff that will grow your eyelashes more. But you have to be careful with it because if you get it on other parts of your face, it will also grow hair there. Well, now I want... Well, how could... Okay, this has to be like a party favorite thing. Like, we need to get some of this stuff and like right on our foreheads. <laughs> I just... No. Yikes. No. Oh, no. This I find this really it, upsetting. I don't what, want... Would it come in eyelash material style? Oh, I don't know. It's called Latisse. Look it up. Latisse? Okay, can I write? Okay, Latisse. Can you use elsewhere? <laughs> 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 that is that has to be my favorite string I've ever googled. Can you use Latisse eyelash serum elsewhere? <laughs> I don't think it'll work elsewhere. Do you Repeated recall a contact only to the skin of the upper eye? Maybe it, it it might work on other parts of the face a little bit, but kind of like like your eyebrows or your cheeks kind of. But it doesn't mm. like you could write messages with it. This is unfortunate. Do you recall a child's song called Father's Whiskers? Oh, I don't know, but I think you just tripped a memory. I don't remember the whole thing, but I just remember the chorus, which was, They're always in the way, the cows eat them for hay, they hide the dirt on daddy's shirt, they're always in the way. Nope. I know that tune, but I don't know. Yeah, I've yeah, never heard it applied just... to... It's just about someone's dad having really long a really long beard and I think I remember my mom would sing a verse something about like my mother eats them in her sleep she thinks she's eating shredded wheat. Uh. <laughs> and that's how you get bazaars. <laughs> yes. This episode's gross. <laughs> <laughs> And also real scattered. And we can close with the immortal words of Jorge Luis Borges. It's always the same. If someone is against convention, his only way of attacking it is by creating another convention. So that when most people are clean shaven, he grows a beard. And when beards are worn, he shaves his off. He's merely changing from one convention to another. Uh, contrarian. The best people. (laughs) 